Good morning, friends, and welcome to worship as beloved people of God on this third Sunday in Lent. Lent is a 40-day journey to the cross and beyond to the empty tomb. We pray today that God will strengthen us for the journey by renewing in us the gift of baptism where we were joined to Jesus Christ forever. I'm Pastor Mark Hall from United Lutheran Church in Prairie Farm. Welcome to worship. To all who are here for our drive-in radio broadcast, as well as all who join us by Facebook Live, by phone-in, and by streaming. We celebrate Holy Communion today. Those who drive into the church parking lot for worship will have pre-packaged communion elements and bulletins brought to their car before the service. For those who are worshiping from home, who would like to commune on Communion Sundays, you're invited to prepare your own communion elements bread or cracker, wine or juice, before the Holy Communion liturgy. And then following the Lord's Prayer and the words of institution, I will invite you to commune. Our Wednesday Lenten series this year, under the theme, Seeking a Living Faith in a Troubled World, Remembering Who We Are, as the body of Christ, we are beloved, chosen, blessed, broken, and given for the healing of our community, our country, and our world. We invite you to join us by Facebook Live, by phoning or streaming on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock p.m. Please note, Synod Assembly delegates are needed to represent United Lutheran Church at the Synod Assembly Thursday, April 15th in the evening and Saturday, April 17th, daytime. This will be a virtual assembly via Zoom. And so if you are interested in helping in serving that way as a voting member for United Lutheran Church, please contact the church office. Remember in prayer today, those who we have concerns for, I'd also like to add to the prayer concerns today, the family and loved ones of Joan Rich. Joan is the mother of my wife, Naomi, and she died on Tuesday in Moorhead, Minnesota. On this third Sunday in Lent, we remember that we are baptized into the death and resurrection of Christ. We hear God's word today focusing on the cross of Christ. To the world, the word of the cross is foolishness and comes to us seeming like nonsense because the death of Jesus on the cross claims that God is revealed in weakness and in humiliation and in death. But through God's foolish-looking act in Jesus, we find the power of love in action to save us. In the words of the hymn, my song is love unknown, my Savior's love to me, love to the loveless shown, that they may lovely be. Oh, who am I that for my sake my Lord should take frail flesh and die? Let us prepare our hearts now for worship, centering our hearts in God. And I invite you to join in confessing your sin and hearing the promise of God's forgiveness following the invocation. We gather in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Gracious God, have mercy on us. We confess that we have turned from you and given ourselves into the power of sin. 
We are truly sorry and humbly repent. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things done and things we have failed to do. Turn us again to you and uphold us by your Spirit so that we may live and serve you in newness of life through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit that Christ may live in you. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Our psalm today, from Psalm 19. The teaching of the Lord is perfect and revives the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure and gives wisdom to the simple. The statutes of the Lord are just and rejoice the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear and gives light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, endures forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, more than much fine gold, sweeter far than honey, than honey in the comb. By them also is your servant enlightened, and in keeping them there is great reward. Let us pray. Holy God, through your Son, you have called us to live faithfully and act courageously. Keep us steadfast in your covenant of grace and teach us the wisdom that comes only through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading today from 1 Corinthians. The message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided through the foolishness of our proclamation to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are the call, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Here ends the reading. Our gospel reading from John, the second chapter. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found people selling cattle, sheep and doves, and money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, take these things out of here. 
Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. I have a friend from San Francisco named Will. I met him a few years ago while backpacking. Every year, Will likes to run these backcountry trail races. And next month, he is planning to run a 100K race near Auburn, California, in the canyons on the western side of the Sierra foothills. What is the most incredible thing to me is not the 62 miles of the race that Will runs, but the fact that Will is legally blind. Will runs this up and down elevation in the Sierra foothills with the assistance of sighted guides who run with him, guiding him along the run. After the 100K race that Will finished last year, he wrote to his team that supported him these words. Big thanks to Ethan and Catherine for guiding me during periods of darkness. And thanks to Kyle for talking me through this whole sighted guiding on trails, opening my mind to new challenges. When I think about the Lenten journey to the cross, I think about spiritual challenges with rough terrain. And I would say it is not possible to make this journey to the cross without sighted guides, especially a sighted guide like St. Paul whose letter to the church in Corinth we heard read a little earlier. It serves as a guide not only for people in Corinth in the first century, but also for us too in our contemporary time. St. Paul is like a sighted guide, especially suited for Lent. For Lent is a journey that opens our eyes so that we become amazed that God in Jesus would come so far down to us, to that shameful death on the cross, in order that we might know that we are loved by God, that the world is loved by God, so that we might know that we belong to God and that our lives find true meaning in following Jesus in a cross-formed direction, which might at times feel foolish, Foolish in the eyes of world values, that is. The journey to the cross takes us in a direction that challenges us in ways that we maybe would never have considered before. And I'm sure you would agree that moving in a downward direction, in a steep, challenging terrain underfoot, the most difficult direction is going down. And I can tell you, in the hiking I have done, I have fallen many more times going down than going up. Henry Nouwen 
writes about the way Jesus leads us in this journey as the way of downward mobility. He writes, Jesus' compassion is characterized by a downward pull. That is what disturbs us and is so difficult, right? We cannot even think of ourselves in terms other than those of the upward pull and upward mobility, which we strive for better lives, more successful lives, bigger incomes, better positions. We are deeply disturbed by a God who embodies downward movement. There were members of the congregation in Corinth whom Paul addressed in this letter that we heard read earlier that were not being mindful of the downward direction of Jesus. For the church located at Corinth, in this city of Corinth, between two seaports, the city of commerce and also corruption, where fortunes were made and people were exploited in everything from labor to prostitution, where people were routinely divided between the haves and the have-nots, between those who had status and those who didn't, between those who were above and those who were below the line of social privilege. The city of Corinth, there was a big divide between people with wealth and people without. Scholars studying the time have concluded that the extreme difference in wealth meant that the top one-tenth of one percent of the population had as much as 95% of the money and resources. People on the bottom lived in constant hunger, literally hand to mouth, meaning that when they got food, they immediately ate it. There was a very small group of people in the middle who had perhaps as much as two weeks of food resources stored up. So a little later in Paul's letter, Paul specifically confronts the church and addresses those who have status and privilege for their worship practice of going ahead with the Lord's Supper and the Agape Feast before others have even arrived. Presumably, those who had obligations, work responsibilities, people in the servant class who needed to work before coming to worship and the fellowship time. The point Paul makes is that waiting for those who are weaker, who are lower, who are poorer, and welcoming them as equal members of the body of Christ is essential so that the church would reflect the unity of love in Christ, which is the church's purpose in the first place. Paul reminds the people at Corinth of this cross-formed life, Christ is in the world, lowering himself into the very place of weakness and foolishness. And so this also brings about a question for us today in our modern church. Are the ways that we put ourselves above others, around us, maybe without thinking about it? Or are there ways we have moved ahead of others around us, so that we have created a separation, maybe without giving it much thought, without necessarily intending to do that. And so 
we have to ask ourselves, who are the people the Lord is calling us to wait for? The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. St. Paul, his words suggest that there are and there will always be ways that Jesus is and will be calling us that seem foolish, that involve downward mobility, downward movement on our part. Recently, I heard about a congregation designating one day a month at the local laundromat to provide free laundry for people and families that don't have the resource of a washer and dryer or don't have the money needed to wash their clothes. The members of the congregation spend the day at the laundromat with those who are present there, and they pay for the laundry for those who come. But not only just to plug the machines with coins, but also to befriend those who are there, to listen to them, listen to their needs, support them, learn about their lives, care for them, love them. In our consumer culture, this kind of a move by members of this church might seem to be rather foolish looking. But isn't that what Jesus is so offensively communicating in the temple? As he makes a whip of cords and drives out of the temple the money changers and the animals? The temple in Jesus' day had become like a marketplace for profit, a business, high-priced sacrificial animals people could buy, unfair exchange rates on the money that people needed to change, and the people who got hurt in the financial exchange were those who didn't have much to begin with. The temple had become a place that created insiders and outsiders, as if that were reflective of God's presence in this holy place. And the whole political power structure, everyone from the Jewish high priest to the Roman governor were a party to the scheme. And Jesus' actions and words demonstrated this must stop. The temple must not be this kind of marketplace. It was not meant to be. It was meant to be a place to encounter and worship God, not a place to exploit people. So people in and around the temple had become separated from God and one another. And even if Jesus was the only one who could see it, and even if he had to look foolish, flailing away with that whip of cords all alone, nothing was going to stop him from his mission of bringing people together with God, reconciling everyone to God in love for them, in love for the world, in love for you and me. And so Jesus gave himself foolishly for us in our salvation, in suffering and in sacrifice, his body nailed to the cross, his lifeblood outpoured. Martin Luther writes about this in reflecting on our calling, as we hear in Galatians 6, 2, to bear one another's burdens now and so fulfill the law of Christ, which is the law of love. Martin Luther lists these burdens then that we stoop down to pick up. Helping the poor, putting up with other sinners, caring for the sorrowing, suffering with those who suffer, interceding, praying for others, defending the truth, 
risking our own life and property and honor to seek the betterment of Jesus' mission in the world. And Martin Luther is honest about what this means. It means taking on these burdens. You might find yourself feeling in disfavor from others or even shame. In other words, sometimes we might look downright foolish, just like Jesus. But Jesus comes to us this day through the power of the Holy Spirit to strengthen us for this downward move of love and compassion. Amen. So we affirm our faith today in the words of the Creed and the Apostles' Creed. We confess our faith together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray now for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus, for all people according to their needs. Lord Jesus, you joined all of humanity in suffering and death. Reveal to all people the depth of your love shown on the cross. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, work through us to demonstrate your compassion and your care. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Holy Spirit, guide the call process and our call committee here at United Lutheran Church as we seek to discern who you are calling to be the next pastor of our congregation. Help us to listen to your leading and give us the blessing of your light to see your will. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who experience persecution for their faith, for those who are oppressed, for victims of violence, for all who have had to flee their homeland, all who are refugees, for those who live in immigrant camps. We pray for their protection, for new opportunities for resettlement and new beginnings. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the lonely, the anxious, the discouraged, the poor, the hungry, the homeless, the jobless, that they may experience relief and restoration. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Come among us, healing God, with love which never ends, with faith reaching out for help, with hearts desiring trust, we hope. Come among us, Jesus, friend of the broken, with your compassion, make us whole. Come to the aid, we pray, of those who suffer from COVID-19. We pray for protection for families and friends, for support for healthcare workers. Give continuing success to the development of vaccines and their distribution. We pray for all who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. We ask for your healing for those from our community, Colleen, Dale, Lucille, Terry, 
Brett, Ruth, Leroy, Larry, Perry, Sally, Bud, Gary, Adele, John, Croy. Grant them your healing grace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And remember all who grieve the loss of loved ones, especially the family and loved ones of Joan Rich. Comfort them and bring them hope in this time. Risen Lord Jesus, you went ahead of us into the grave and defeated the powers of sin and death and the evil one. As we remember those who have died, especially those most dear to us, inspire us to live our lives in resurrection hope. Of that day, we will be reunited with those who have gone before us. Into your hands now, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We give thanks for all of God's gifts today, especially for the gift of his compassion and love in Jesus Christ. And thank you for all the gifts that you share with the ministry and mission of Christ through United Lutheran Church. God bless you in your stewardship of all of God's gifts. Let us pray. Holy God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care. And prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. In the name which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup. When he had given thanks, he gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. And we pray together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen body of Christ given for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. You may commune now. body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. We give you thanks, almighty God. You have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Lord, look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, 
and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace now. Christ is with you. Thanks be to God.